My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Hi guys, hello, my name's Kate and I'm happy to be here and you'll listen to the podcast. Happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? Well, regardless of how we're feeling, we'll do our usual deep breath in. So we'll do a four count in, we'll hold for two, and then we'll do a four count out. So we'll do a four count in. And then we'll exhale. Nice. As my usual time update, it is currently January and I have the January scaries, everybody. The Jan, I say Sunday scaries. I feel like I've decided that January is like the month of the year that is Sunday. Like I truly feel that to my core and I have the January scaries. So if you have the January scaries, I feel you, no worries. We will get through this. I think we have like one more ish oh my god yeah one more ish week of january and then we're good in the clear that's wild time's going by it's so scary it's so scary um and i have like a wonderful new guest on the show with me here today as always um she's a gemini she's an archivist she's an avid book reader one of my very best friends in the whole wide world welcome to the show hannah how are you I am alive. I'm, um, I had a snow day at work, so really couldn't be doing better for a Monday in January, I feel like. I also had a snow day recently, and I was texting you about this, but there is nothing like the joy of not having to go to work in that context. Like, truly. It's beautiful. Yeah. Did they let you guys know like beforehand or did you find out like day of? So last night I got an email at like 10 that we were not going to open until 11. And then this morning at like before 7.30, I think, maybe around 6, we got an email that it was so icy that they were just going to close it because we don't actually get a lot of Mm. snow here, but we get a lot of ice on the roads (sighs) and we don't have good infrastructure because it doesn't get that cold here for mm. as long to like de-ice stuff. Oh. So it was just like a sheet of black ice on the road. So they were like, it would be too unsafe, which was amazing. Yeah. I love that for you. Um, mine was like, we were supposed to get so much snow and then we didn't, but it's supposed to be icy here tonight. And I know mm. we're not going to get, I'm not going to get another snow day, I fear. And it's so sad, but it was, it was just so wonderful when I was, experiencing it. I'm so glad you got to experience that as well. Um, and you said you were reading a lot today, correct? Yes. I wrote, I read Rosewater by Liv Little today. And then I just started The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, well, that's so slight. Well, and speaking of today's episode is about books and reading and whatnot. And like Hannah is like the perfect person to do this with. Whenever I talk about Hannah to other people, I always say how much she reads. Like you just like inhale books. Like I swear to God, like, and it's just so impressive. Um, And obviously you take breaks and you do your own thing too, but like truly like you are a reader to your core. So. Well, thank you. I feel like it's honestly my main hobby. I just love to do it. Love to be entertained. 
I feel that too. I, I, I feel like because I have less free time now that I work full time, I feel like I gravitate more towards reading after work than I do watching like a show or a movie. It just doesn't like hit the same for me anymore. I don't know. How do you feel? Do you still like watch TV after work and stuff or? I have the TV on. I wouldn't say I'm watching attentively, but I like like the noise. Like mm. I've had Gossip Girl on a lot today and <gasps> have I like sat and watched like a full 10 minutes straight of it? No. I've been doing other stuff the whole time, but I love to hear the noise. I did just recently start True Detective, like the new season, which is oh. coming on HBO. I recommend, but it's kind of scary, creepy since I live oh. alone. And last night I was so creeped out. I was like, oh my God, it's just me in this apartment. All these scary <laughs> thoughts. Honestly, I'm not a fan of living alone now that I've lived alone for like four months, five months. I find it boring. I like the social, like, aspect of having a roommate. Yeah. I don't think it's bad, though, because some people, like, I have friends who live alone and love it, and, like, you could not make them live with someone again. They would not do it. But I think (laughs) I would do it. (laughs) I also feel the same way. Like, I love the social aspect of having a roommate and someone, I mean, we, for those of you who don't know, me and Hannah lived together for like a year and it was truly wonderful, truly like one of the best times. And I feel like that's what I was kind of wanting to do to transition to, you know, living again with somebody um, after moving out with my parents. But now I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be living alone. It's like, it's very different. I, when I was looking for apartments, I thought this was very interesting. There's this like place in Chicago where you can get like, it's almost like a dorm. Like you have a private room, but then you share like a common living space. Mm -hmm. I was like, huh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't think I'd want to live with like a random person again. I'd want to live with somebody I like knew. I, it would depend where I'm living. Like I'll do what I have to do, you know, to if what I have to afford, but like I live alone now and not with a random person because I can afford to live alone here yeah. in Oklahoma city. So I don't mind it as much, but like if I moved somewhere where rent was really, really expensive and I didn't have a friend there who wanted to live, then I would have to do what I have to do. But real. Yeah. Well, so reading and books, it's the new year. It's 2024. But I also wanted to talk about our top books for 2023 because, like I've been saying, we both be reading. You read. What was your goal for this year? I know we've talked about it, but. My goal was 70 books for this year, and I ended up reading 122 books. Guys. That's like amazing. Congratulations, Hannah. Like truly a sleigh, a book sleigh indeed. Thank you. It's honestly more books than I've ever read in my entire life in one year and probably more books than I'll ever read in my life again. But who knows? It's really fun. Some were rereads though. Like it wasn't 122 new books. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I reread anything this past year. I think I did read only new books. That's impressive. I'm such a rereader. Like I have books that I love and I will read every single year. Like I just will. What's your go-to rereads? So I read every single year. I reread the Carry On series by Rainbow Rowell, but I listen to the audiobooks because 
they're so good. Like the audiobook readers so good. And I have a weird thing lately about like rereading books. I try only to listen to as audiobooks so that I reread while doing other things. So then I'm not wasting my like sit down read time to reread stuff. If oh, that makes sense. That's I that's very interesting. Like an audiobook or not an audiobook. I was gonna say like a podcast or like music or something. You kind of okay. That's so interesting. Lizzie, my girlfriend does the same thing. She just was listening to one last stop on audiobook. So good. It's so good. So good. But um I feel like I don't really do that as much, but I'm maybe I want to try it again because you both are doing it. And I'm like, maybe that would be like a fun way to read a book, you know? I love it for rereads. Like I one last stop is one that I listen to the audiobook now if I want to reread it. Great audiobook reader. I read Red, White, and Royal Blue every year audiobook usually another great audiobook reader mm. lately I got into the secret history in the very end of Ooh. 2022 I think like December 2022 I read it for the first time and I think I've read it like two more times since then and every time I read that I'm like well now I have to read if I were villains by ML Rio because they have like similar themes but I could go on I read I reread probably like seven books a year seven or eight. Oh, slay I really only reread one book or no i guess it's not true i've reread books before but the one i find myself going back to is called every exquisite thing by matthew quick and it's like such Ooh. an interesting weird book yeah it's a it's a ya but it's it's so weird and interesting and i feel like i have a different reaction i guess to the book every time especially with the main character like when i first read the main character it was like i can relate to her so much like i get her and then the second reread i was like she is insufferable and then my third reread, I was like, wow, she's just a human being. Like, everyone's so complex. <laughs> so I kind of Aww. am feeling like I want to reread it again for my fourth time and see kind of how my opinion has changed. I've been itching. I've been itching to do that. But so, Hannah, what were your top three books of this of this past year, 2023? I OK, so here's my caveat to answering this. I read so many books that were so good, that were so good. And I've talked to your ear off about many of them. So I decided to pick like my top three books that I don't feel like I've talked enough about Ooh, that I loved okay. this year, if that makes sense. Cause it's hard for me to rank things. It causes me pain. So three, like top three of my top books this year are one's company by Ashley Hudson. Okay. Um, and then Penance by Eliza Clark and Rouge by Mona Awad. What distinguished these books from other books that you read? Like what made these like your top three? These are my top three in a sense that I feel like when I like my top reading experience is like I come away feeling differently than I felt before I started the book. Mm -hmm. um, and that I think about them a lot. I would say is another. And then also usually I feel like books that stand out to me are books that like did something interesting with form or prose, like something interesting about the writing style, yeah. which all three of these have. And they're all actually extremely different books. I would say like, Oh, extremely different. So it's kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. Like one's company is mm -hmm. about like a really short summary is a woman who has experienced something like really traumatic um, wins the lottery and mm -hmm. uses her lottery money 
to build a town where she lives out the sitcom Three's Company, which is like, you know, famous sitcom from the 70s, just on her own. Oh, and so that's why it's wow. called One's Company. It's like a literary fiction. It's very weird. So, so good. Oh, I think I thought about it like all the time after I finished it. You know, uh, listeners who can't see, I'm literally getting a pen and writing this down because this sounds so good. One's Company? Yes, by Ashley Hudson. I love a weird book. I really do to my core. I love a weird, interesting book. Like I read um, this past year, it was not one of my top three, but I'll share. It was called Confidence. And it was about these two guys who do all these different cons. It's like these two guys and they meet in camp and they're like for bad kids camp. And then like, there's like this homoerotic friendship. And then one of them becomes this like cult leader kind of, and the other's in love with him. And it's like really crazy, interesting, weird. It almost reads like a Kurt Vonnegut book to me. Ooh, I will be reading that. That sounds like exactly the type of book that I like to read. So I'll be looking at I will say it, it kind of, the main character's horrible, like a horrible person. And I like a book where I have a flawed, complicated character, but he was a little annoying at times, but I did think it was interesting read and to read about, I feel like you would find it interesting too. And for other people who kind of like reading about things like like the process of things like they talk about like all the different cons that they've done together and all the work like not to spoil it no maybe i'll i won't if you do read it let me know (laughs) one of them involves like tricking this girl and it's like why y'all wild 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 but it's it's just a it's an interesting book um But yeah, I also agree with like the different uh, reading stuff with different forms and like different ways to play with narrative and stuff. One of my top three was In the Dream House um, by Carmen Maria Mikado. And you actually put me onto this book. So So good. I read it for the first time this year, too. And it's one of my top like it's just like one of the best books I've ever read. And the Mm -hmm. form I think like in the book, how she um, writes each chapter in like a different style. And it's all pushing like this narrative and involving you in this um, abusive relationship she's experienced. I just, I think actually, this is one of my strong book opinions. I think for a memoir to be interesting, like Mm -hmm. memoirs about normal people, you know, that aren't famous or whatever, they need to be doing something interesting with form. Yeah. Because I think sometimes I've read memoirs and I'm kind of like, well, like, okay, great. I I would have to agree with that because like you said, it's like just a regular person. Like I, I'm not so inclined to read something like that because like you mentioned earlier, like I want to be entertained when I'm reading. And I feel like an average daily life is not something entertaining to me but if it's done in an entertaining way like through a different type of form like through poems or like even doing chapters differently or dialogue like I remember when we were living together you read that one book where there were no quotation marks yes all of Sally Rooney's novels she doesn't use quotation marks oh all of her books she doesn't do that Mm -hmm. yeah and so does um he just died. Oh, Cormac McCarthy. I don't know if you had to read any of his books in high school. We had to read All the Pretty Horses. And he's the only author I'd read before Sally Rooney who didn't huh. use 
quotation marks. So it was kind of interesting to see like the different ways it works. And some people hate it. Like it's like the, some people write in quotation marks in Sally Rooney's book, but I actually think once you start reading them, it like really contributes to like the mood and the flow yeah. of everything. Cause they're very internal books. Mm. So it's like kind of flowing more. The dialogue flows more into like the internal thoughts about things in a really interesting way. I think that's so interesting. That's so, I feel like too, even sometimes having a conversation, like you're kind of thinking about it or like, or like somebody will say something and you'll immediately think something about it after the fact. Like I'm reading um, The Idiot Right Now uh, by Leif uh, Baduman. I think I'm saying that right. And it's like someone will say something to her and then she'll just have like immediate reaction to it or immediate thought. And I feel like it would be interesting to take away quotation marks and have those two things kind of flow together. But that is, that is so interesting to me. Um, Another one on my list, Lesbian Love Story by Amelia Posanza, which was nonfiction and a memoir. So cool. Thank you. I like this one a lot. And I actually had the author on my, on my show. I did have the author on my show for those Iconic. who don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> it's interesting too. Cause like you said, with memoir, she's like a very like ordinary person, like, like, you know what I mean? She's not like super famous or anything. And she wrote like a memoir, but through archives. So like each chapter is about like a different lesbian couple. And it's also interesting too, because like not all these couples like end up together. Like sometimes uh, it's actually kind of so sad when you read one of the chapters and you're like reading this love story, like through the author. And then you read all these like different facts or like different interviews. And then you find at the end that they're not together. There was like infidelity. It's a little like, crushing but it was very mm. very good i need to read that one it's so I, good the archives use is really interesting yeah and you're an archivist so so true slay and then my last one was oh my gosh my last one was <laughs> was one last stop i feel like <gasps> right i feel like i couldn't not put it on the list like it's so good i just like it wasn't it's weird like it it's like one of my favorite books but it's weird like i read like other stuff like yellow face by rf kwan i was tempted to put on this list instead and stuff like now that i don't think one last stop is good but it's just like i did read a lot of really good stuff this year so it was hard to pick I totally, that's why I just picked three that I was like, I just really want to talk about these. Like these were so good and I haven't spoken about them enough Mm. because there's so much to say about so many books. One Last Stop is like a classic though. Like my all time like WLW romance. It's so good. For those who don't know, it's like this girl who moves to Brooklyn and she lives with these random people. And it's like one of the situations where they kind of become friends. And then she's on the train, like going to class and she like sees this like girl like across the way from her. And it turns out there's some like, perhaps like ghosty things going on, perhaps some time travel, who knows who's to say, you have to read the book and find out, but it is romance in there. And it is, I really, what I like about Casey McQuinston, and we've talked about this before, 
is how their side characters are like really like full authentic like people they're not just there to move along the plot which I like yes and then romance that is like a hard bar to meet because I love romance I read a lot of romance I would say 89% of romances like the vast majority if not all of the side characters are just like 2d people to like push the plot along and I can vibe with it but it hits so much better when they're actual people who matter to the plot yeah and it's I don't know I'm sure you can catch this too and maybe other people listening can relate I can always tell when I meet a character in a book and they are not gonna like like be anybody like I can tell when they're just for plot like sometimes right away and it's almost Mm -hmm. like it's almost a little annoying to me because it's just Mm -hmm. like I don't know I don't know I I I don't know why it bothers me so much but I just don't I think it's maybe because I see that as lazy Mm -hmm. not to throw shade I kind of agree I also so my other penance by Eliza Clark yeah is like one with a lot of characters where the characters like all the side characters like really matter because it's about it's kind of hard to explain so it's a fake true crime novel it's fiction but it's written as a true crime novel um looking into the killing or no yeah the killing uh, like brutal killing of a teenage girl by other teenage girls with some like weird occult stuff mixed in and it's really really interesting because it really hinges on like unreliable narrators and it's funny in some ways like it's horrible in some ways like the crime is really shocking that has been committed but it's not a very gory novel like it's because it's a man yeah fake man sorry (sighs) i'm doing quotation marks who's written um this novel about these four teenage girls and interviewed mm-hmm. them. But you also find like out people's opinions on this fake crime novel throughout. Yeah. And it's so good. And I think it has, I've read a lot of a, a surprising amount of books this year about like crimes, fiction books about like crimes against women mm-hmm. and stuff. Public opinion plays out like really matters for crimes. And I think this book is like really looking at that in a way mm. but it's also weirdly funny in parts oh. like, like a fleabag really situation good. sort of like a dark comedy similar i wouldn't say it has fleabag vibes at all mm. but like definitely like a dark comedy probably less funny than fleabag because gotcha. you don't like necessarily super... there's some jokes you don't really realize you have to read the whole thing and then when you look mm. back you're like oh my god um, but that one was really good. And then Rouge by Mona Awad. I love Mona Awad. Um, mm. She's one of my favorite authors lately, I would say. And Rouge yeah. is like this dark, sort of like fairy tale literary fiction about a woman whose mother has just died. And so okay. she's gone home to move her stuff out. And she get, meets a woman at the funeral and is invited to this like weird cosmetic house thing and it's all about beauty um I've read a lot of books about beauty this year like the different ways like women and people but they're mostly about women like change themselves kind of and like what is beauty and like Mm. who is beautiful and this one really talks a lot about the main character 
is biracial and her mother is like a white French woman. And mm-hmm. so a lot of it is about like colorism mm. and like it, it was really, it was really good. Oh, I really liked it. That sounds so interesting. I feel like I've been thinking a lot about beauty too recently. There was a quote in the idiot that I was thinking about for a while. And it was like talking about how this one girl that she met in this village had like a plain beauty. And it was like, you could see that it was like the most important aspect about her. And I was like, that is so interesting. Not in like a vain way. It was more of like, you could just tell it was like so integral to her identity. And I feel like I've just been thinking about in terms of like, I don't know. I've just been, I just think about that quote a lot and other quotes in the idiot. The idiot's been very interesting to read so far, but I mean, those sound like really good books and I definitely want to read those. You always read interesting things. So yeah. Thank you. I feel like I love weird books. I love a weird little book. I love a weird little book. Um, speaking of weird books, I guess not super, no, this one is kind of weird and interesting. I wanted to kind of talk about top four books we're excited for in 2024. And I was just kind of perusing the web as I do. And I found this one that sounds so interesting and kind of weird. So it's called Thirst. Um, uh, <gasps> forgive me if I miss, oh, have you heard of this one? Yes, that was gonna be my fifth one before I just we, it was four for twenty twenty four. I know I did cut for all for all those listening. We were gonna do five, and then I was like, oh, four is like so much more like catchy. Four for twenty twenty four. Um, but I was yeah. Thirst is about like these two women across different time periods. It's like a vampire, a genre blurry novel, one of the most exciting new voices of Latin America's feminist gothic. And it's like, I'm like, wow, love all that. Like romance and like vampires and like perhaps some time travel, something going on. I feel like that sounds so good and interesting. I love a gothic, like, um, kind of, what's the word? I can't think of it. It's like a different word for like a more grounded fantasy type, magical realism type vibes, you know, like fantastical elements. So I think that one looks so good. And the cover is gorgeous, which that honestly, I do judge books by their cover a little bit. And if the cover is really beautiful, then I'm more likely to pick it up. Literally literally me to my core like even when i'm weeding picture books sometimes like if the cover's bad and it's from i have obviously taken other factors but i'm like nobody's gonna pick this up covers do matter also the content matters but covers matter i do think literally like my first book on my list yeah i would say 75 percent of the reason i (laughs) was interested in it well i would say 50 percent is it has a gorgeous cover. It's called Henry Henry by Alan Bratton. And it's a queer reimagining of Shakespeare's Henriad. And like the Henriad, you know, Shakespeare's Henriad is his four of his history plays. So it's like Richard II, Henry IV, parts one and two, and then Henry V. But it's like a queer reimagining. And it was chosen to be published, or the editor is Brandon Taylor who wrote three, I'm obsessed with Brandon Taylor. I wrote, I read all of his books this year, like the late Americans, 
Oh real yeah. Life. You'd love that. And author. Filthy animals. I'm obsessed with him. And so he, I think, edited this book that may be incorrect. So I'm sorry if I'm spreading fake news. I know he had something to do with the publishing process. That sounds really interesting. And yeah, love a good cover. Love a good cover. Literally. And now, because it's based on the Henriad, I haven't read yeah. like the history plays by Shakespeare in so long. And I was so young when I read a lot of them that I literally didn't understand any of it. So before it's published, I'm going to try to like reread all the plays so that I understand <gasps> like the background. And I love like giving myself homework like that. Like mm -hmm. it makes me feel accomplished. So I'm excited for the journey. Oh, I love that for you. I didn't really read Shakespeare in high school. I read some of it, but I also didn't understand it. And I just saw that rom-com that's based on a Shakespeare play. Um, I anything guess. but you or something thank you so much yeah it's with Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell and that was interesting interesting I haven't seen it well it's weird it like breaks it up almost like chapters and has Shakespeare quotes throughout it's interesting it's not mm -hmm. doing anything that... super artistic but is it the taming of the shrew what, I think I think it's I that like one wrong. it's like the one where they're like fake dating and then they fall in love, which is one Honestly, of my favorite like, tropes. I like fake dating if it's done well, like I love it. Yeah, if it's done poorly, I'm not a fan. Um, my one I'm really, really excited about, I am tr genuinely excited about is don't want you like a best friend. Have you seen that Ooh, one? No, what's that one about? <gasps> oh my God. So it's like a Bridgerton queer woman loving women book. It's oh like God. Victorian period. So it's like 1857 and Beth and Gwen basically don't want to get married to anybody and their parents. The thing I am nervous about this is that I didn't realize it was like a parent trap situation. Like their parents used to date and so they're trying to set them up again so that they're not worried about them getting married. Um, and then a guy starts pursuing Beth. And then the other girl's like, <gasps> like, I actually like her. Like, what's going on? So I'm excited about this. This has got good reviews and good reads. But I, I didn't realize before I put on my list and when I was doing research that it was a parent trap. I don't know if I like the parents. That's so being involved. interesting. Yes. romance. I know. I'm still excited about it. And the cover's cute and pretty. It reminds me of um, uh, Ashley Herring Blake's covers kind of a little mm. bit. So I am ex and I like her covers. So I'm excited. Um, what else is on your list? So one on my list is Interesting Facts About Space by Emily Austin. I don't know if you read Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead by her, but it's like one of my favorite books. Another one of my top books from last year. That, yeah. Or maybe I read it in 2022. I can't remember. Um, but I read it in the last few years, and it's her new book. I think Everything in This Room Will Someday Be Dead was her debut. And Interesting Facts About Space is about a woman who's obsessed with space, and she has like a phobia of bald men. Yeah. And she becomes paranoid someone is following her. Oh. And she's also gay, I think. Definitely queer. Um, which is so important, you know, and it's literary fiction. And I just loved, I also found out mm -hmm. speaking of audiobooks, um, right before I got on to hear that the same person who did the one last stop audiobook yeah. is going to narrate this audiobook. 
they did do a really good job. I was listening to it with Lizzie, my girlfriend, uh, for those who don't know, in her car. And I was like, they're good. Like, this is like interesting. It's interesting. So it'll be yeah, fun. So. I'm excited. I love literary fiction about a woman struggling and being weird. I feel like that's 80% of what I read. And I, I say, like it every time. 80% of who I am. Me just struggling Literally. being weird. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's why I like it so much. I'm like, this is so me. (laughs) (laughs) Me reading. This is so me coded right now. Like literally she's losing her fucking mind. Oh man. Um, I'm sure this one's on your list as well. The Pairing by Casey McQuiston. I've been waiting for this literally since one last stop was published. I've been like, so (sighs) when's the next one, Casey? I am just like screaming about this. So, and I just read the synopsis, the full synopsis yesterday. It's about these exes, Kit and Theo. They meet again on a shared food and wine tour. And they, to prove there's no lingering feelings, which is so funny to me, because that's such like a, (laughs) like an interesting romance trope to be like, I don't like you. Um, (laughs) They go on this European hookup competition um and essentially who can get with the most people and i did not know this but uh casey and quinston nicknames their books um before they're out so like the one last stop was nicknamed subway girl and then they actually use that in their book and this (laughs) and this nickname is called for the book is called sluts in europe so yes it's iconic casey's i feel like posted so much on their instagram the last Mm -hmm. year about like sluts rights like bisexual <laughs> sluts rights like yeah you know many people consider it like a harmful trope and so they were like sure but like what if you really are bisexual and a slut what then <laughs> what then do we do i mean truly Literally. I love it. I'm very excited um, for this book. I just, I literally, August 6th, like nobody, nobody talked to me, nobody bothered me. Um, I will just be like reading, 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 reading. So. Yes. I think it's so cool that it's like T for T, like trans for trans too, because yes. literally can't think of like one other T for T published romance novel I've seen. Like, I'm not saying they don't exist. Mm-hmm. But on this, like, level of publishing of, like, a famous romance author, I don't think they necessarily exist in the same way. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It's always nice to see, like, representation actually being, like, meaningful and just fully represented. I, I agree. I don't think – I can't think of one either. Um, like, both characters being T for T. Because I just read – um just read this was months ago i don't know why i say it like that (laughs) i read um the day i think the danger of falling in love or the fear of falling in love something like that it's got like it's the cover's very cute it's pink it's got a dumpster fire on it and the main character was trans and that was and it was also written by like a trans man and so that was really cool to read and it was like the trans identity was obviously part of the character but it wasn't like the wasn't what the whole story was about which was also kind of mm-hmm. nice to just read and the character too was like flawed and complicated and it was just like he was kind of insufferable kind of like the best <laughs> it was such a good read um so it's cool that um uh casey's writing that book i'm excited to read it yes me too that was one of mine and then my last one of my top yeah. four would be 
It's called A Good Happy Girl by Marissa Higgins. And Mm. it's about like a young professional woman who pursues like this really emotionally intense relationship with a married lesbian couple. (gasps) And I've heard it's really good. Like how I get the books that I usually read is usually from like recommendations. Like there's some book talkers I love who I know they have similar tastes to me. So anything they're like, this Mm -hmm. was good. I read. And then authors I like if they recommend books. That's how I find books usually. And this one I think I saw from Emily Reads, I think is her name on TikTok. Like she got an arc of it. She's, you know, so cool. And I'm so jealous. Um, And said it was like amazing. So I'm like, I love that. I've been reading so many books. I used to say, I don't know if you went through this phase. I Hmm. said when I was like 18, 19, like a young person entering college and transitioning from YA I was like I don't want to stop reading YA all adult books are just about people cheating on their partners and it's boring (laughs) and I think it's gross now I'm 24 and I would say I read a frequent amount of books about this I wouldn't say is infidelity of course because it seems like it's obviously like she's dating the married couple like it's just polyamory but yeah. Um, I have been on that adult book about people cheating on their spouses grind a little bit, but normally it's not the spouse that I feel like I'm reading about. It's like the person who's cheating with someone. No, <laughs> that's so real. 20s books. I feel like I used to be the same way and I still, it's weird. I still enjoy reading YA, but it's just like, I feel like I am in a different place in my life. And I do sometimes too with reading YA. It's like obviously it's characters are supposed to make mistakes and to do stuff, but sometimes it it's like I feel like a little out of touch with the narrative because I'm older and more mature. Like sometimes I'm like I'm like no, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. Like I read this one book, No Boy Summer. I think I read that this past summer, and it was good, but it was like. It was like there was all this like miscommunication trope and all this lying and I was like this is so unnecessary like what are we doing um and I still love YA YA definitely has a place in my heart like maybe I'll read some this summer but I also have been feeling more on the lit fic train recently I do like just reading weird interesting books and YA is very like most most of the time very digestible very straightforward very much like you know, like plot characters. And I think I've been leaning more towards reading more interesting. Oh, I actually don't want to say more interesting, more complex, like things going on with form and whatnot. So. Yes, I agree. I think I love YA. Like, I think it was really important for me and like, it's doing such great things. Um, Yeah. But I do feel like at this point I've kind of moved on where like, I'll make I'll read YA books. Like if Casey McQuiston publishes another YA, I will be reading that. I love like Charlotte Wheeler. So I read it some, but I pretty much, unless there's a special reason, I don't like go looking for it as much because I do mm-hmm. think like, I think YA often has more. And obviously with the caveat that there's a bunch YA is super diverse, like there's yeah. totally different things, but because it's for teenagers, I think it can be more like 
moralistic, if that makes sense, like strong, kind of guess teenagers are developing their sense of right and wrong, you know, and so it makes sense. And that's good. And I think like when I read it as a teenager, like that's what I wanted. But I think now that I'm an adult and in my middle of my 20s, which is such an awkward time, like I really gravitate more towards books about like the gray areas or even like the bad areas, like books about bad or just not necessarily bad, but like messy people. I feel like. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. Um, it's funny. We have, we're having this conversation because I have been putting a lot of people on to watching girls, which is a show that you and I both watch. And it's a show about like horrible people, but also just people like living life and making mistakes. And it's been so interesting because like my girlfriend's been having kind of a different reaction to the show than me Mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm starting to realize that like i do really like shows with like flawed characters and like people just like making mistakes and living life not that they don't do it in ya i like how you said that i think it's because it's so moralistic and it's very much like what you're doing is wrong and what this person's doing is right and i kind of like a more gray area and just like seeing the the human experience so i think that's kind of so true slay well my last book is by kylie reed who did such a fun age yeah they're coming out with a new book called come and get it and it it's interesting too the time period is 2017 um at the university of arkansas millie cousins (gasps) yeah interesting right Millie Cousins, a senior resident assistant, wants to graduate, get a job, buy a house. So when Agatha Paul, a visiting professor and writer, offers Millie an easy yet unusual opportunity, she jumps the chance. So basically what happens is she kind of starts, it seems like like a sugar baby relationship, it sounds like. Um, Because it's this like a starry-eyed hustle becomes jeopardized by odd new friends, vengeful dorm pranks, illicit intrigue. That's how I'm perceiving it. Like, I think it might be gay. Ooh, so I can't believe it's set at University of Arkansas. So many people from my high school went there. And my yeah. friends went there. I'm like, I've never heard of a book set there. I will be reading as well. And I love such yeah. a fun age. I think it'll be, it'll be cool and interesting. I really liked what such a fun age did in such like a short amount of pages. So I'm hoping to get kind of like, I don't want to call it a fun read, an interesting read with some comedy, some like dark comedy and call it a day. Mm. Love that. Love that. Yes. I feel like Kylie Reed is so, since you brought up girls, like I feel like she is so girls vibes, like her books, like messy drama, entertaining, mm-hmm. like so good. I love talking about books. This is seriously like one of my favorite activities. And now we're going to talk about romance tropes. And we're going to do like yay or nay. Because me and Hannah are romance novel connoisseurs, I'd say at this point. And I think we know what we like and we know what we don't like. For sure. I will say with the caveat Mm -hmm. of if something's really well written, I can Mm -hmm. be swayed. But let's be real. It's romance. A lot of stuff is good, but not great. Controversial opinion. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. Yes. No, real, real. I mean, there's been books that I've read that are just probably not very good that I've still had a fun time reading. Like, I wouldn't say Mistakes Were Made was like a work of literary fiction, but it was so fun to read. 
So yes, and it's different purposes, you know, like commercial yes. fiction, you're there to be entertained to have a good time. And that's why I feel like people who judge romance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people do like, specifically my father. Um, <laughs> we're like, that's like, watching ET like entertainment tonight. I'm like, no, it's not. But I feel like, like, you go there for a purpose. You want to have a good time. You want to be entertained. Yes. You want to see a happy ending. And that's what counts. Like, as long as you get those things, the mm-hmm. book has done what it was supposed to do. Oh, that was beautiful. What a nice little... Oh, I'm sorry. Did you get that ding? I did not. <sighs> My... It's supposed to be... Oh, good. I'm glad. Um. Okay, Slay. So, enemies to lovers. What are our thoughts? How does that fall? I... So I actually have strong opinions about this because in <gasps> some ways I love enemies to lovers, but yeah, this is the truth. People don't want to hear it and <laughs> they need to hear it. In modern set romances that are not fantasy or historical fiction, there's no such thing as like a true enemies to lovers really. Like mm. with, I'm sure there's some out there, but most of the time what people mean when they say that is rivals to lovers. Like, they're not actual, like, enemies. Oh. I'm going to kill you. Oh, I see what you're rivals, saying. You know? Yeah. Mm, but I love that's a good it. way to I put it. I love rivals to lovers, too. And I love enemies to lovers, like, a romanticy enemies to lovers. Because I feel like that's when it's best done, in my opinion, is usually when there's fantastical elements to a story yeah. or historical fiction. And it can rock. I like it fine. Do you like it? I do. I do like it. I do. I do quite enjoy it. It's funny though. I feel like I used to like it more in high school than I do now. (laughs) Like I used to love it. It was like my top. Literally it was like, like the genre for me. I read this like book series called like blood city or something like it was about like these vampire demon things and then there was like the humans and i would just like eat that shit up like because they were supposed to hate mm-hmm. each other but then of course the two fall in love and it was like oh my god i would reread like sections of that over and over and over again it was just like so good but i agree now i feel like too the book i just read in december i think it was called under the mistletoe or so i don't remember what it was it was about a christmas tree farm a Jewish family who owns a Christmas tree farm falling in love. It was like enemies to lovers, but it didn't make sense. And the enemies was like very short lived. I don't know. It was interesting. Yes. That's terrible. It needs to be drawn out. It doesn't count as enemies to lovers if it's for like 15 pages. And when they just randomly start liking each other. I hate that. Like, I think it's so good when they like get, it's like, oh no, like, I actually think I like kind of like them. This is terrible. Like, that's the perfect enemies to lovers to me when they're like, no, like, yeah. I, I'm betrayed by myself. <laughs> I love it. I love when they start to panic. It's so good. Um, okay, another one. This is one of my favorites. Fake dating. I love fake dating. Honestly, I love the tension. I love, I think to me, I love fake dating when it's like a friends to lovers where a friend is like, will you fake date me for this? And that person like secretly has always liked them. And so it's really painful and just Mm -hmm. like the tension. Oh my God. So good. So good. I, I just love fake dating. I just watched, um, to all the boys I loved before recently. And I was like, oh my God, like that's a, 
like a perfect fake dating where it's like they they don't really know each other at first and then they like slowly start to develop real feelings yeah i love it over the time and then i also do love like a good climax moment where one of them sabotages it and then it's like i do actually like you it's like not just a, it's not just fake it's real i love i love that i love that shit. i agree it slays so hard yeah it's very good um forced proximity kind of neutral about the one like mm. neutral positive like it's not one i feel Ooh. super strongly about i think it can be really good it depends when it is mm. in the book to me yeah and like other stuff but i think it can be fun i love like forced to share a bed like <gasps> yes! intimacy i do like it i guess as i talk about it i'm like <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> i also like it when i was reading was it Iris Kelly doesn't care? Oh yeah, it was Iris Kelly doesn't care. There, I thought they were gonna have to share a bed, and they they didn't actually have to, right? There were two beds. Yes, I think so. Uh, or one yeah. of them didn't end up sleeping in it or something. I don't know, but I was like, I was like, no, I was like I wanted the one bed. Like I liked the. Oh no, like I do like forced proximity. Same, too. and I love yeah. like a midnight revelation. Like one has fallen asleep, and then the other's like. Yes. Oh my god. Like it's just so good. It is. It's just I don't know. It's such a good one. Um this one, I know your feelings about this one. Love triangle. I think most of the time love triangles and romance novels are not fleshed out well enough to be yeah. good. Like I think it ends up being bad. If you give me two compelling romantic leads and here's actually here's the thing about this mm-hmm. I used to be obsessed with k-dramas in 2020 I, d- yeah. I didn't read at all I was just watching k-dramas because I couldn't Sorry. read while watching so I watched like 60 of them in like a year mm-hmm. and a half and they do like those tv shows I think sometimes do the like second romantic lead a lot better than I see in romance novels usually because mm. they're like a person you can root for they have a whole personality you yeah. can see why the person would actually like them and I feel like in so many romance novels it's usually like their ex I feel yeah. like is the other person and so they have this built-in history that the author doesn't actually explain to you or give you a reason to why they like them mm-hmm. like I think romance novels I've been thinking about this a lot lately like what makes a romance novel stand out to me and what makes them like just okay and -hmm. I think romance novels specifically really struggle with just telling you stuff yeah and not showing it to you in any Mm -hmm. like interesting way like they're just like and that's when I was reading Iris Kelly I felt like that was my and we talked about this like that was my problem with that book is she was like this person I can't remember the lead romantic leads name right now but the person iris is like interested in like they have stevie. terrible anxiety stevie very cute name stevie mm-hmm. like has anxiety and they're just telling you all the time that stevie has anxiety like there's no it's not really shown much in the day-to-day yes. life and i think that translates with love triangles to me in a bad way because they're just like this one person i just like it's like well why yeah I agree. I very much agree. I started watching the second to all the boys I loved before. I watched them during my lunch breaks and during I the morning because girls is just a little too much for me right now. A little too real for me right now. Um, Maybe later. But they <laughs> they always do this in the, those trilogy like 
YA books or like the fantasy ones especially or like just trilogy YA romance where it's like the first one's just the two characters and then the second one it's like there's some fucking other love interest and like you said it's never like they're fleshed out enough to where you're actually maybe rooting for this other person you're still rooting for the main couple and then it's kind of like you're like why is this other person even here you know what I'm saying yes I would love to read like a genuinely well done yeah triangle you know where you're like oh my god I kind of want this person to be with this person like I don't know because I've seen some great k-dramas where like the -hmm. second romantic lead I was like oh my god like (laughs) I don't know if she should be with the person I know she's gonna end up with I mean it's so good it's funny too I there's a spin-off show. I feel like I'm really plugging to all the boys I left before. <laughs> you should. <laughs> People were obsessed with those when I was in undergrad. It's such and a comfort movie. Out. It's so good. But there's a spin-off show with Kitty and it's almost done like a K-drama. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way. I feel like I am kind of rooting. Also, too, there was a little like queer, like little Yes, I heard halfway about through. That. Oh, it was so good. I literally was like like screaming, crying, throwing up. But yeah, no, it's, so I'm interested to see how that goes. Cause I'm like, I could see the main character could be with a bunch of different people. So it's like, if it's done, like you said, if it's done well, I think it can be good. Um, so another one, I, I don't really like this one. I want to get your thoughts. Second chance. I don't like, love second chance I would say yeah. but I I did say, I feel like every time I say this and then I read a romance novel this was when I was this summer I had a baseball a gay baseball romance era like oh I remember you reading that book and they were so <laughs> good genuinely like some of the best romance novels I've read like Katie Casey, the author, fucking slays every time. Sorry, I don't know mm-hmm. if I can curse, but I did. You can curse. Um, totally chill. Sweet. And um, that there, one of those novels has second chance that made me reconsider second chance because it was really? done so well. But I think they have to have a really compelling reason to have mm. broken up that can only and it's only compelling if they've actually grown and changed. And mm. it was so good because it's like the they knew each other like better than anyone else knew them at one point. But now it's been uh-huh. like 10 years. Yeah. And so it's like they've grown so much and changed. And yet in some ways they're still the same. And it's like, will you still love me mm. even as I'm different now kind of thing. And I didn't even know the novel was like a second chance romance because it starts with when they first date. And then there's like a 10 year, I literally gasped. I was staying at my (laughs) friend's house. She was asleep and I wasn't tired. So I was like reading it on my Kindle. And I was like, oh my God, when, because it said like it flashed forward 10 years. And I was like, yeah, 10 years. (laughs) So that would, that that would take me out. Mm. I was shook because it was like, literally, I was like, 50 pages in not knowing that this book had like a time switch and something happened and I was like whoa what's gonna happen and then I turned and it says like 10 years later basically and I was like what is going on like I still have 200 pages left of this book (laughs) (laughs) I love a little like twist like that like where you're not expecting like the fault in our star or not the fault in our stars um looking for Alaska 
Like that's a good example of being like, oh wow, like that happened. Um, but slay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a delight having you on the show today. We've talked about books, romance, love it. That's like my cup of tea. So I'm so glad I get to share that cup of tea with you. Me too. It's been so fun. I love discussing this stuff with you. I always love hearing your opinions. Like you always have great stuff to say about books and romance. Oh, I think the same thing about you. So slay. Love that we could do it on the pot. Um, so Hannah, I know it's like so surprising, so shocking. I never ask anybody this question. Of course, why are you happy to be here? I am happy to be here, honestly, keeping in theme with this podcast to read some great books lately. Mm. I feel like 2024, I think I've read seven books so far this year, and they've all, with most of them, have been good. I think I've read like three or four five-star books this month. Wow. I know. That's pretty awesome. And it's making me happy to be here because I don't love January either. It's not fun. I feel scared of setting goals in this month. It feels like too much pressure. Yeah. Um, so it's been nice to have something else to think about. Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, I feel like I also maybe want to wait to set a goal and just kind of see how it goes. Like I knew I wanted to read The Idiot first because that was going to take me forever. And once I'm done, I feel like then I can kind of like run through my usual roster. But but yeah, I think that's a good note to leave, you know, the episode on, you know, read some good books in 2024. And thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.